This is well, this is the biggest game we've been to by far, by distance. I'll put my sunnies on. Clouded Sorry, they don't know we're making a podcast. <laughs> Just doing a podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Two Boys One Cup podcast. This week we're back at Coles Park to see Harringay take on Yeovil. Hey Jack, welcome back on the pod buddy. Hey mate, you sound ecstatic. I'm so happy. I've had about six cups of tea today so it could be the caffeine. My God, do you have sugar in your tea? No, of course not. Grown up, yeah, you're right. So, well, some grown ups, some, yeah, they do. It's like a classic thing of like you meet an old bloke and he's like, You're making a cup of tea, and he's like, oh, I'll have four sugars, please. And everyone's like, What? <laughs> what? And he sort, of, he sort of takes such so, pride in it, doesn't he? Apparently, um, Bob Mortimer, yep, he's a comedian, right? Yep, as his own podcast and about podcaster, football, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, has 16 teaspoons of, uh, yeah. of tea, teaspoons of sugar in his tea. Do you see that? And would I lie to you? Yeah, I think so. And he does his own dentistry because teeth are so fucked, right? I mean, I mean. How many sugars in his tea? Well, from doing his own dentistry as well. Yeah, that as well. Doesn't, doesn't help. <laughs> sort of like uh, make it everything worse, isn't it? That's that's surely that's crazy. That would just be sugar rather than tea. That's too much. Maybe well, then he's but he's got a really good podcast that's really successful. Maybe we should yeah start emulating true. that. Maybe that's going to blow us up. Yeah, could do. We need something to kick us into gear. We do. Yeah, please keep <laughs> listening. We were talking about listeners earlier. Even my mum said you didn't listen. Yeah, I, we, yeah. We referenced your mum on one of the podcasts. It's probably one of the funniest bits we've done, and she hasn't even heard it. She was like, oh yeah, I didn't hear, yeah, sorry boys, I, I don't actually own any headphones. I was like, that's not an excuse to not yeah, listen to your absolutely. son's work of art. Yeah, I mean, there's things like speakers and stuff. I'm sure she could listen to yeah, if she really wanted exactly. to. She plays it publicly on the train. <laughs> well, no, just in, in her own private domicile as well. She didn't got flipped. Not sure how I'd feel about her playing it publicly on the train. It'd be good for, kind of... Someone taps on the shoulder saying, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Please this is the off. worst podcast I've ever heard in my life. Has that man been crying for the last 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, that intro is shit. <laughs> Uh, that would never happen. I'm sure. I'm sure people would like it. Public transport. Maybe. Maybe we should tweet to TFL about pumping it into trains and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I'm sure TFL will be up for that. Just playing a podcast. We're pretty down the middle. We're pretty neutral. I yeah. feel like we wouldn't really offend anyone. Well, let's keep doing what we do best, and uh, I'm sure TFL will come to us. Definitely. We've got a massive game today, Alex. Huge, huge game. Yeovil Conference side uh, coming to the borough. Come to Coles Park. But before we get to the game, we should. Uh, we mentioned last week uh, a new feature. Yep. Uh, two boys, one cup news. You're going to make a jingle for it, won't you? Yeah, let's roll the jingle now. At 10, two boys, one cup news. Okay, Jack. I'll be reading the news this week. My turn to do it. I'm excited. <clears throat> uh, yeah, you should be because the first bit of news is called Turkish Delight. Oh, great name, right? <laughs> And it includes a current Premier League manager. Okay. That's the, that's the goss you've got. It's Daniel Farker, mm-hmm. who in 2010 was made SV Lipstadt 08 coach. Yeah. Yep. And he was coached them for just three hours and 20 minutes. Wow. Probably wondering why he was coached for such a short time. Um, so it's three hours and 20 minutes after he was made coach, the club went into administration and he had to be sacked because they couldn't afford to pay him. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, it was revealed after the club went into administration that uh, the owner, the Turkish owner, Kazim Fahoud, yeah, yeah, uh, had bulk purchased uh, various sex shops and S and M stores. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read. I couldn't believe it earlier. It's kind of ridiculous. And because of Farker's generosity, oh sorry, I missed out a bit. But Farker had 
offered to. Let me remind myself. Of imagine, this, imagine this. Imagine, imagine, imagine Trevor McDonald doing this. It's like <laughs> flicking through pages and missing stuff out. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. He's laughing his head off all the way. He offered to work for free to keep the club up because it was his way. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, so that's the general. That, you can, like, Farker did that. You can see Farker doing that. Yeah, you? I can see that. Um, because of his generosity in this act, Fahoud insisted that something be dedicated to Farker. <laughs> Uh, and it was a Farke Peitscher. You know what Farke Peitscher is in German? No. Um, so Farke Peitscher became available in, in stores across the country. It was a Daniel Farke fle- themed flail whip. Wow. Fucking hell. That's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> That's so that was at SV Lepstadt uh, in 2010. Uh, okay, fine. I'm just going to take that in. Okay. Uh, the second story is called... Can I just say, if that is the true one... Yeah. We're, bu- we're buying, buying. We're buying one for the pod. Yeah, yeah. a Farka Pajsha. Yeah. Okay. Um, second story is called Absolute Banger. Great. Okay. So in uh, 2006, uh, Romanian club Ute Arad. I think that's how you say it. U T Arad. I wouldn't know. Um, a second division Romanian side uh, sold a player called Marius Chiara. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for just 15 kilos worth of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it's actually got a really sad story this end. Oh, okay. Uh, not really sad. He was so badly abused because of this this sausage story mm-hmm. that he retired and moved abroad. Right. Where to? Uh, just abroad. Doesn't say. Okay. Uh, abused by who? The press? The fans. The fans gave him a shit. Probably a lot of chance about that. And actually, uh, the club that bought him from Arad um, wanted a refund. <laughs> they didn't consider the sausages, the sausages back well, they're, pretty, they're pretty ruined by now unless they froze them in yeah. which case they're kind of not as good as they were anyway exactly okay do you want the third story yeah it's called Halftime Pint do you know what we should do I'm not going to do this now but next time we should try and read out the headline and then the person should try and guess what the story's about yeah that's yeah, good as well we'll do it next time do you want to have a guess at what Halftime Pint might be right Halftime Pint uh, a short person <laughs> who, uh, who joined the football team something like that that's not really a great news story. It's actually about the 2001 match between Arsenal and Charlton, a family okay. game, uh, where Charlton defender John Frisley was so angry at his team's performance, he simply stormed out at half-time. They were 3-0 down at half-time to Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he left the stadium completely, went to the pub, and had a pint. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. Now, this is before the time of phone, so he didn't have, he wasn't in contact no, with yeah, yeah. He spoke to a fan and asked what the score was, and they said that Charlton had pulled it back to 3-2. Yep. Seeing that this has happened, he was like, I'm going back to the stadium. And he, and he uh, wasn't allowed at entry back into the stadium. The manager at the time was Alan Kerbishley. Yep. He sat the player, obviously, and said, you're never playing for Charlton again. Uh, and then the disgraced defender, Frisley, ended up at none other than Haringey Borough FC in 2008. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that one rings a bell. Something like that happened before. I, that's not that crazy. I swear I've heard a story like it. I don't know if it was that game, though. I don't... Imagine having a pint in the pub. I don't know whether it was in full kit or not, but... Yeah. And also the Harangay connection makes it a little bit too... A little bit too good. So I think maybe... I think maybe if you found a real story, you've changed some names and changed some times. Give me the, give me the free headlines again. So you've got Halftime Pint. Right. Turkish Delight, which is the... Sex shop. Arthur Whip. Yep. Uh, and Absolute Banger, which is the player who was sold for sausages. Uh, uh, the names are already good. Well, well done. Hopefully. I'm going to go for <clears throat> Absolute Banger mm-hmm. but I sincerely hope that Turkish Delight is the real one <laughs> you're right 
You're correct. Damn it. Marius Chiara was sold for 15 kilos of sausage in the Romanian second division. Interesting, right? Yeah. What? Any players at Hanga you'd buy for a man of meat? Like sausages? I would. I don't, how many sausages would it take to buy Georgie Aresti? All the sausages in Greece. Yeah. And Cyprus. And combined, yeah. yeah combined. And a little bit of the Italian coast. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I would, I, you know, I wouldn't sell him for. I wouldn't sell him for all the sausages in the world. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe everything in the world, but probably okay. not every sausage in the world. Fair enough. That's great, man. Cool. So it's, we're, we're we're one all now. Yeah, we both got one right. We, we got, need to get. We need to really dupe each other. Yeah, it's gonna, I think we need to be a bit more clever. But uh, we'll find out next week when we do the next round of two boys one cup news. Yeah, which you'll be hosting. Yes, I will. Can't wait. Cool. Uh, now. Let's get on to the meat of the podcast. Nice. Nice link from the sausage. Yeah, good. Uh, which is, of course, the game. Uh, we need to meet our new club, which is Yeovil. Probably yeah. the most famous club we've talked about so far in the pod. Should we roll the jingle? We should. New club. New club. New club. New club. New club. New clubs. New So, the Somerset side were founded in 1895, which makes them not quite as old as Cray. No. You remember. Uh, but they were under the name Yeovil Cashels then. Um, they're now nicknamed... Well, do you know what their nickname is? I honestly don't. Uh, nicknamed the Glovers. Because apparently Yeovil is famous for, for making gloves. Didn't know that either. Wow, maybe we should get a pair. Yeah, better, better keepers are brilliant. I was about to say, uh, <laughs> beat me to it. Uh, in 2015, so that's only, what, four years ago? Four seasons ago? Five seasons ago? Um... Yeovil were as high as League One, so that's what two leagues higher than they are now, which yeah. means they would have been four leagues higher than Haringey. Um, they have, they kind of, not the cup. I've read, I was reading some things on Twitter uh, in 1949. Not saying they're living in the past, but in 1949, <laughs> uh, they beat Sunderland, who were quite, yeah, I think one of the best teams in the country then. Yeah, and they also played uh, at Old Trafford uh, against, obviously against United, and played in front of 80,000 people in the cup. So, wow. I imagine Coles Park wouldn't, you know, bit of a step down. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite as big as. Old Trafford in Although, 1949. I know which stadium I prefer. Yeah, Cos Park, for sure. Uh, you might have noticed in the game, um, I'm just going to talk about it in advance, a guy called Reese Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, we should say as well, this is the first game we went to where players had names on the back of the shirt, so it's yeah. much easier to identify players. Reese Murphy, uh, who was an Irish player, he played for Irish under-21s, he also played for all the England youth teams, and he actually started at Arsenal. So he's probably the highest achieving player we've seen in the competition so far. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's my entire history of yoga. Oh, yeah, well, the biggest club. Yeah, I mean, that's cool, man. They, uh, it's a bit of a step down. They probably, they probably, they've seen higher heights in their times. Exactly, but yeah. this is the FA Cup. Anything can happen. It's Magic of the Cup. You can, magic of the Cup. Um, which we took, before the game, we, we arrived early, which we never do. We usually always rush for time because yeah. we're lazy and useless. Mm-hmm. We did arrive early, so we got to have a pint before. Uh, the atmosphere was really nice. Uh, obviously, Haringey fans were really happy because it's a big game for them. Um we, we thought the game almost sold out um, there was there were selling tickets outside it usually, it's always, usually very casual it's actually quite organised this time they're very, yeah. very worried about selling out the overall fans really nice talking to everyone everyone's engaging together in the car park and yeah you really felt the, uh, the excitement in the air 
Yeah, exactly. I I agree with everything you say. Um, again, the um, the good luck charm of the weather came back. Yeah, it was quite a nice morning. Really crisp, um, and there was yeah, it's just a really, really genuinely good buzz. Yeah, that fans from two different parts of the country shared the same passion, and we're just going to enjoy going football together. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we sat down with our pint, and we found out we both got quite excited that this is the first game we actually bet on. Yeah, I'm not saying we're addicted, but, <laughs> no, but it, was a, it was nice to be able to put a bet on the game we were at for yeah. this. No, this podcast. So we had a bit of a flutter. There is a notable buzz about it today. In essence, yeah. Uh, biggest game I've been to so far, you can really feel it. You can finally bet on the game. It's the first time we can bet. Yeah, and that's all we are about. Just a lot of football podcasts gambling. often shit on the betting companies, but not us. Not us, we're all for them. If you're listening to Betting Size, please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. We want everyone betting all the time. It's great. You win loads of money. There's no downside. <laughs> it's all positives when it comes to betting. We're the first pro gambling yeah, pro gambling podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we thought we'd put a bet on, but both put a bet on. Obviously, gonna, we're both going to back Haringey. Obviously. Because we the love rules. them and they're going to win, obviously. Um, but maybe we won't do the same score. Should we do different scores? Yeah, sure. Uh, name, shout a score on me. <sighs> so I'm going to go for... I'm going to go 2-1 Haringey. Okay. I'm going to go... Which is 14-1. to one, Oh, can I go draw or not? Is that a good result? I'd say that was a good result. Yeah, sure. You can go for a draw. I'm going to go... Friel. Friel. You're a madman. How much you get put on? Quid. I'm going to put the quid, which will bring me in. If, we do, if it is 2-1, I get 15 quid in return. Actually, I've got, fr- I've got three pound in my account, so let's put, make it one pound 50. Okay, and you do me, and I'll just transfer yeah. you a pound 50. Okay. Good, good that was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> get the logistics in. <laughs> just so, you guys, just you guys know. so, after all the pre-match excitement, the game eventually kicked off at three o'clock. Uh, would it be fair to say that it didn't really live up to expectations of the excitement? Do you think it was an exciting first half? Uh, it was well. It was nil nil. Yeah. But um, I thought the quality was good. I think Haringey didn't look like they were playing a team so far above them. I think Haringey looked like they deserved to be yeah. playing uh, about, that, about that level. Um, fans both. So it's worth saying there was a big away presence. Um, I didn't really uh, see the extent of it when I was having a pint. But when actually we were on the pitch, you saw yeah. in loads of Yeovil fans. Uh, they had a drummer as well. They were going a bit mental. So. Both its fans and full voice. Um, it was just a bit cagey. Not, no, neither side being particularly bad, but um, neither side kind of breaking away. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was competitive. Both teams competed. That's the word for it, isn't it? It was, it was a very competitive game. Both sides were in it. Both sides looked like they could uh, gone to win it. There was no clear favourite. Um, we had one Cypriot player who stood out for us. Yes. But not Georgie. Not Georgie this time. Stelios. Stelios was so on fire, wasn't he? The third sort of Mediterranean Greek yeah. player we mentioned. Yeah. Um, he was playing really, really well. He, he picked up a knock, actually. He came off for a bit, came straight back on. Um, he was really running that left wing. He was, he was the one keeping Haringey sort of on the attack, I suppose. Yeah, he was he's playing really, really well. Classic sort of overlapping, the, you know, kind of Ashley Cole classic role of the uh, attacking and defending really well. Uh, he's played some really big clubs as well, hasn't he? I think he's played for St. Johnston and someone else. Yeah, he's been on telly before. Um, yeah. yeah, He's one of the better players um, and big personality of the club. He's got a few chances by him as well. Um, but like I said, the, that end, the first half ended 0-0. Um, we were back to another pint in the clubhouse again the atmosphere was absolutely lovely everyone was chatting away there's no kind of hostilities everyone had a good laugh but there is a bit of an elephant in the room Alex, that we haven't mentioned yet yeah I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is uh, aware of the context in which um, the game has been received post-match it did grab quite a lot of headlines it's one of the big news stories on BBC um, there was an incident uh, once a penalty was given midway through the second half uh, in fact we'll jump to that now Come on, Valerie. There's a lot of pressure on Valerie. Literally, these fans screaming behind him. What a moment if he saves it. Gee, oh, it's, 
It's getting really nasty to us. Lots swearing. Long wait now for the penalty taker as well. Yeah, this is uh, a lot of pressure on him as well. So last ball was thrown. We saw that clearly. Um, last Actually, ball. I, yeah, sorry. Just for some context, I was going to say we we were on the side of the pitch where the home stand is. Yeah. Uh, meaning this isn't happened to our left. Um, we weren't. We're about probably. 20, 30 metres away from the, the Yeovil fans who were close behind the goal, um, you know, within touching distance of the net. I think that the people were ruffling the net. Yeah, uh, uh, hitting, the, hitting the sort of uh, advertising boards. Yeah. Um, the bottle was a bottle of beer. Uh, you're not allowed to have alcohol pitch side in FA Cup games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're definitely not allowed to have glass at all. Yeah. So that was obviously snuck in, which is kind of worrying. Um, and there the fans were shouting and screaming. We couldn't hear what they were saying. Um, I certainly some swearing like fuck off reference for the ref the Harrier captain as well saying the Yeovil captain were all trying to speak to the fans trying to calm everyone down yeah. uh, Valerie looked really angry and upset um, We didn't at this, at this point in the game we didn't quite know yeah all we could see really was a fracas a little bit with the fans and the players yeah. and the bottle on the pitch I thought this was just yeah slightly ugly side of football I didn't think well let's play the next clip and see what happens next come on Valerie This will be the moment of the, the thing so far of Valerie Sosis. Can he do it? Steps out, ref blows his whistle. Penalty. Scored, scored, just. Very just. Very just, another bottle. Another bottle. So another glass bottle thrown after the had scored. Things once again were escalating, getting even more tense. Tom Lazo, the uh, hangar manager, walked on the pitch. Uh, the Oval players were trying to reset, trying to get back into the game, trying to basically know what was going on, but it wasn't going away, was it? Booing now. The ref started to fuck off. I don't know. Players are walking off. Harangay players are walking off the pitch. That was the wow. end of the game. I can't believe it. We didn't even see this in Bulgaria. This is the moment. Unbelievable. I, I think this... I- if I was to guess, and I'm, I'm, I'm only walking, guessing here, this could be a rebuff to racism. Yeah, so it's worth reiterating that it was very much a minority of fans who were the culprits here. Um, whatever they were guilty of, it was only a few people. And generally, uh, the, the Oval fans, the players, both sets of players, the Haringey Borough fans, uh, the officials were all united and unanimous on uh, taking sensible decisions to take the players off the pitch for their own safety. Um, I think... Everyone can hold their head high with you know how they acted today. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really shocking to watch. But as you say, everyone behaved really respectfully. Uh, Tom Lazo, the manager, was in actual tears, which is really something I couldn't believe I was seeing it. Yeah. Um, several other play- several of the Hangar players were really distressed. Um, the Avril players looked gutted and stunned and pretty humiliated. Yeah. Um, there were stewards running around and some fans. We were talking to a lot of them. Um, there was this sort of rumour that the police were called. Um, I was being told they were there to remove fans. They were fans refusing, the other fans were refusing to leave. I think this might have been a bit of exaggeration because at the end of the game, people were giving statements. I don't know if they were there to remove fans or just particularly caught because you yeah. have to do, in that situation, you have to call the police. Um, it was all very strange. It's worth saying as well that um, once the players walked off the pitch, you know, uh, the atmosphere did calm down I'd say yeah. so Yeovil fans kind of just filtered out of the stadium yeah. um, and Harangay Borough fans uh, well, an announcement was put out just to you know 
keep the peace in a sense yeah. between the sets of fans and uh, not escalate any further um, which was met with a cheer as well yeah, yeah, as yeah. worth saying exactly um, Harrogate fans were still chanting by both fans both yeah uh, saying yeah it's a good decision I think Yeovil fans were being quiet but respectful Harrogate fans were still singing actually they were singing particularly singing their keeper's name yeah um, they were kind of they, I think they kind of worked out what was going on and um, we were right next to a BT reporter who kind of gave us a bit more insight so there's a BT reporter right next to us, Alex, and you kind of heard what she just said there. What did she say? So I walked, up, walked over, listened, and she said that Valerie had confirmed he'd been racially abused and spat on, which is the reason why the, some of those players walked off the pitch. Now, we were quite close to what's going on. I did not hear any racial abuse, but it sounds like that's what's gone on. Well, I guess we'll find out when we're back in the studio. Yeah. Um, uh, if so, that's a massive, massive shame. And we were, you know it's we, a huge shame. We were like, just saying earlier how much we're loving this atmosphere, how much football in England is so fantastic. So and then that comes up. a thousand people came here today to watch a football match, and we're not going to get a result, are we? Really? I don't know. I, I don't know what yet. It's really up in the air. Um, the overall players are still on the pitch. I don't know where Harrogate players are in the dressing room. Probably with Tom, the, uh, the uh, manager. Um, but, um, we'll keep following this and see if we get a result in the end. It's just happened right after the Bulgaria game as well. So. Yeah, you, so you wonder if there's a. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a hot topic at the moment. Uh, not for a good reason, really. The Bulgarian manager said that England had a problem with racism themselves. That was and, laughed off in yeah. the press. And here it is in plain sight. So, sad to, see. so to clarify, the game was eventually called off um, for alleged racist abuse. Yeah? Yeah, that's that's what was being reported. Um, that's, that's what uh, Harrogate players maintain they were racially abused. Yeah. Not, not just the keeper as well, it's worth saying. That actually, um, just several black players said that that was what we, we are very much in the same cloud of uncertainty that we were in when we are at the game. We're not really sure what's going to happen with the fixture now. Um, there's been various things on social media. As I said, it's, it's made pretty big waves in the news. Uh, do you want me to read the FA statement? Yeah, be good. The Football Association have released a statement regarding the FA Cup fourth round qualifying tie between Haringey Borough and Yeovil Town. An FA spokesperson said, We are deeply concerned about the allegation of discrimination from an area of the crowd towards a player during the FA Cup fourth round qualifying match between Harringay Borough and Yeovil Town, which resulted in the fixture being abandoned. There is no room for discrimination in our game and we are working with match officials and the relevant authorities as a matter of urgency to establish the facts and take the appropriate steps. Which is, yeah, I mean, that's a great response, but we don't really know what that means for the game. No, exactly. Uh, well, there's kind of three things that could happen. Potentially the game starts again, potentially the last three minutes are played, yep. which would be really strange... Probably, yeah, I suppose you could play the whole game again, play the last 20 minutes again. Yeah, uh, or you could remove Yeovil, which a lot of people are discussing, yeah. discussing saying Yeovil have had their chance, they've lost it. Yeah. Uh, potentially, in this, I don't think this will happen, it'd be really interesting if it does happen, potentially Harringay will actually be expelled because they abandoned the game. Yeah. Um, Tom Lazo in the press has said that if that happens, he will bear no ill will towards Yeovil or the FA. He said that it was his decision to pull his players off, so yep. he'd do it again. He doesn't necessarily care if he says in the FA Cup, he believes he made the right decision, which says a lot about the man. Um, just, I don't want to. What I want to, what I think we want to get across, and what Harry want to get across, is that Yeovil aren't villains. This is two people who have ruined yeah. the game. I think the, the phrase used in the um, the FA statement was, you know, a a small an area of the crowd. So yeah. it doesn't matter that they're Yeovil. It doesn't matter they're Harringay. Yeah. Two people uh, ruined it. Um, Harringay's statement reads, it must be said that 99.9% of Yeovil fans are also disgusted by what's happened. 
uh, we are one club and one community. Um, actually, one of my a friend of mine from university who is a lifelong Yeovil fan messaged me saying he how how shocked he was, how embarrassed he was, and he's even he you know he's in a bit of a weird time right now. It must be difficult difficult for both sets of fans. Um, Harringay fans are probably incredibly proud of their team, and as they should be, because their, mm-hmm. their team handled it so well. Um, to be a team, as far as I know, one of the first teams really to sort of to react like this. And I can't up. think of another instance no, where, where think players much. have actually walked off the game in an English yeah. league or cup fixture like that. So it's quite a, it's quite a big moment. Um, and that, that was that was the feeling I was getting around. Everyone, everyone was saying how proud they were. Um, we were quite close to a lot of the staff, and lots of fans were stopping them, saying, "Listen, I'm so proud of this club. I've never been more proud of this club." Yeah, Yeovil fans probably in the complete opposite place right now. Yeovil fans are thinking, "I've never been more embarrassed to be a Yeovil fan." Um, but they should take heart in how the manager reacted, stood yeah. by Harringay, how the players reacted, and how the vast majority of supporters came down to watch a football match and supported their team. Absolutely. Um, this. Uh, Raheem Sterling, Ian Wright, Tyrone Mings have all tweeted about it. Those are three players that in the past have suffered racial abuse. Um, someone, I mean, Tyrone Mings, more recent than anyone yeah, else. In the, in the Bulgaria, Bulgaria game. game, he got a lot of abuse. So interesting that he immediately came out. Sterling, Ian Wright, throughout their entire careers, sadly. Uh, MP David Lammy, who's a massive um, advocate for civil rights. He's uh, often seen in the House of Commons. Uh, also tweeted about it. So big, big news. Um... As soon as we know what happens next, we will probably put it on the socials. I'm sure it'll be big news anyway. Um, it's really, really a shame. So it, probably, it probably was before then the best game we've been to. Yeah. I, not in terms, in terms of the quality of football, just in terms of the atmosphere. It yeah. really felt like a wonderful day out. Um, I think the fact that we didn't really care about the football says a lot about it, that we were just enjoying being there yeah. with all these people. It was what the FA Cup was all about until the 66th minute or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll, well, we'll post an update, certainly on our social media. We may even do an episode. Um, just explaining what's going to happen what the plan is next and uh, yeah we'll, we'll see you next time cheers guys